0: Chapter Nine of the Motor Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Motor Girls by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Nine Finding the Wallet. No luck, eh? went on Ed as he approached Jack. "'No, that is, Lem and I didn't have any. "'Lem, do you mean to say Lem Gildy? "'Now, don't get nervous. "'I didn't tell him it was your pocketbook that was lost. "'You see, I had to have someone keep watch on one side of the road "'while I looked on the other, and he was the only one available.' "'Then Jack related the details of the search.' "'I'm glad Lem doesn't know about it,' went on Ed. "'I heard today that he and Sid Wilcox have been seen together several times lately, and I'm not quite ready to have my loss made public, especially to Sid. "'Maybe Cora and Walter will have better luck,' suggested Jack hopefully. "'We won't hear from them for some time, though. "'Did you phone to the bank in New City?' Yes, and I told them I couldn't get any trace of the wallet here, and, as you know, I have already notified the Chelton police. They have been making a quiet search about town, but I fear it will be hopeless. The bank people didn't say it had been turned in there by any chance, did they? No such good fortune, and Ed laughed uneasily. "'Well, I'm going home now to get a list of the bonds and their numbers, "'as well as the numbers of the big bills. "'But please say they will want them when they send out a general alarm.' "'But I thought you said you didn't want it generally known. "'I don't, until I made a thorough search at home. "'It is barely possible that I took up the wrong wallet by mistake.' when I rushed out this morning. I have two that look exactly alike. I may have picked up the empty one, shoved it into my pocket, and lost that one. The one containing the bonds and cash may still be at my house. I am hurrying there to see. If I don't find it, the police are to send out a general alarm. I hope you find it. So do I. It means a big loss to me, almost my entire fortune gone. I don't know what I am going to do. Let's hope for the best, spoke Jack as cheerfully as possible. But there was a dubious look on his face as he watched Ed turn in the direction of his home. But Ed found that he had made no mistake in the wallets. The empty one was safely in his room, but the one containing the $20,000 was, as he had feared, lost. He communicated this fact to the police, and soon the chief had ordered some handbills printed, describing the pocketbook and the contents, and offering a reward of $500 for the cash and bonds. Ed having agreed to pay this amount and ask no questions. Ha! exclaimed lem Gildy that night as one of the hastily printed bills came into his possession. So this is the wallet they are looking for, eh? Twenty thousand dollars! But I knowed it all the while. As if Jack Kimball and his sister could fool me. But I'll bleed him that's what I'll do. I'll make him whack up, or, or, I'll tell. And Lem chuckled to himself, while there was a dangerous look on his mean face. The search conducted by Cora and Walter was, as might be guessed, as unsuccessful as the one undertaken by Jack and Lem. Cora and Walter looked carefully over the whole length of the road to New City. But saw nothing of the wallet and came back disconsolate in the auto. Poor Ed remarked Walter. It's tough luck. Yes, and I wish we could have found it for him, agreed Cora as she skillfully drove the car through the Chelton streets at dusk. I'm beginning to believe that it was stolen. I think so myself, added Walter but if he had it when he was fixing your car, and he missed it directly after, he left our crowd. He hesitated a moment, then continued. Well, maybe he thinks that some of us may have. Better not jump at conclusions, cautioned Cora, and at this Walter alighted near the street that led to his home. I won't he promised Cora with a laugh as she sent the car ahead. She was anxious to reach home and learn the details of Jack's search, though she and Walter knew from an inquiry they made at the bank in New City that it had not been successful. That night nothing was so important a topic of conversation in Chelton as the loss of the twenty thousand dollars speculation was rife, and opinion was equally divided on the question of whether it had been lost or stolen, or both, for that it might have been stolen after it was lost was possible. Ed consulted some business friends, but they could give him little help. He was advised to hire private detectives, and said he would do so, "'in case the police of New City or Chelton could do nothing. "'It was two days after the loss of the money and bonds "'that Cora, with her inseparable friends, "'the Robinson twins and Walter, "'whom she had picked up on the road, "'were out for a ride. "'They took the turnpike, as it was the smoothest highway. "'We may meet Jack along here,' said Cora, as she turned out to avoid a large rock. "'Yes?' asked Elizabeth, and she tried to keep down the eagerness in her voice. "'Yes, he's gone over to see about a concert his mandolin club is going to give, and he said he might bring a couple of the members back with him to stay a few days.' "'College lads?' asked Bess with a laugh. "'Surely,' replied Cora, and charming ones too, I gathered from Jack's talk. Must be some of the Never Sleep members, spoke Walter. Never Sleep members? repeated Elizabeth. Yes, I belong. We call ourselves that because we used to be up at all hours. Some of the boys play in Jack's mandolin club. I hope we meet them, exclaimed Bess frankly. I'm dying for some music. Let me sing and save your life, proposed Walter. With pleasure, answered Bess, making a little gesture of surprise. But I didn't know you sung. Only to save life, replied Walter. But, he added, if I'm not mistaken, that sounds like Jack's car. It is, declared Cora who was getting to be an expert on the puffing sounds of autos. "'There he is!' she exclaimed as Jack's runabout came in sight. "'And it's pretty well crowded, too.' "'It was, for in the car, which would barely hold three, Jack had managed to squeeze four, three lads besides himself. "'Hello, sis!' he called as he caught sight of Cora. "'You're just in time. Take one of these brutes out of here, will you? My springs are breaking.' "'I'll go,' cried one lad, as he caught sight of the Robinson twins. "'No, I saw him first, exclaimed another. "'You did not. It's my turn to ride in a decent car,' said the third. "'Now, just for that, you will all three get in Cora's car,' and I'll take the Mrs. Robinson in with me, declared Jack. There was laughter at this, and Jack introduced his mandolin club friends to Cora and the twins. Seriously, though, sis, you'll have to take one or two of them, went on Jack. Here, it. you and Parks go in the big car. I want to talk to Yeomans about the concert we're going to have. Diddick and Parks gladly made the exchange into the larger car, while Yeomans tried to look as if he liked to remain with Jack, but it was hard work to imagine it when he glanced across at the pretty twins and Cora. "'Hold on a minute,' exclaimed Walter, as he noticed that one of the rear tyres of the touring car was flat. "'We can't go on like this, Cora,' That left tyre will have to be pumped up. And you've got good muscles to do it, too, Walter, urged didick smiling mischievously. We'll all help, volunteered Parks. Come on. didick, Walter and Parks alighted. Walter stepped to the toolbox to get out the pump and the lifting jack. As he was about to take them out, he started back excitedly. Hurt yourself? asked Cora, who was looking over the side of the car. Walter shook his head. His face was strangely white as he spoke in a husky voice. The wallet. Ed Foster's wallet in the toolbox. Here, see. He held the pocketbook up to view. Where, where did you get it? gasped Cora. In, in your toolbox. What? The girl's voice was a shrill, and there was a tremor in her tones. Cora fairly leaped out beside him. She was staring at the brown leather wallet, the wallet that had contained the twenty thousand dollars. How on earth she began. She reached out her hand for the pocket book. Walter gave it to her. She raised up the flap and uttered but a single word, Empty. The limp wallet fell from her hand to the ground. Cora's face turned strangely white, and she began swaying, as does a tree that a woodsman has nearly cut through. A moment later the overwrought girl staggered and almost fell into Walter's arms. End of Chapter 9.